Welcome to episode 11 of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without moments. This is your director of travel for Tiki IC Studio Productions, coming to you with hopes and dreams of a return to travel for himself and others in summer 2022. Now, I'd like to thank you for giving me a little bit of your time today, and I truly hope that this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that all of us could use a beacon like this in our lives to help guide us during these times, and I hope that Japan, along with the show, will become that for you. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you're returning Lost Without Listener, thank you again for your time and for coming by one more time. As you arrive for your flight to Japan today, let's remember the left lane is for loading and unloading only. And double check that you have your luggage, passport, and phone with you as you get out of our Lost Without Japan rideshare. As you go through the doors of TKIC International Airport, Go ahead and take a few deep breaths. Then come along with your tour guide as we'll get you on your way for either your first trip to Japan or your return trip to Japan so that you and all of us together can make our own lost without moments. As we go through the security checkpoint, make sure to stay with your tour group and let's see how your preparation for your trip is going. Remember, you can always reach out to the show at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com, lostwithoutjapan on YouTube, or Instagram at lostwithoutjapan. So, how's your dreams come true saving account going? Hopefully you're beginning to see this grow, or you've forgotten about this happening and are pleasantly surprised at your progress. Remember, no amount is too small, and all that matters is that we are taking our first steps or continuing to move forward together. Feel free to take advantage of your travel planner at any time for support, or just so we can celebrate your success together. My recent purchases, not at this time. Just saving toward my next purchase on my list of things I'd like to get before I go. One thing that I'm looking to get, um, as long as our travel allows for us this summer, is I'd like to get like a summer suit, something very light that I could wear um, if the need arises or just on those days where I'd really like to look the best I can. I'm thinking New York bar in Tokyo with my son. Um, Just a moment we can share together and kind of pretend we're both Bill Murray. Um, One other thing I'm looking for is like nice summer dress shirts, uh, some new dress shoes and some dress socks that are also like the bamboo fiber and things. Um, And then possibly some new t-shirts for our running around days as the shirts that I've kind of collected, I've worn a few times and to be honest, at times have worn, you know, outside of that, I haven't just saved them for my trip. You know, there's something to be said about taking something that you have from a trip and putting it on on days when you need that little extra boost. And although I'm not in Japan when I wear these shirts that I had, kind of gives me that feeling or memories, I should say, of when I was there. So am I going to buy all of these before my next trip? Certainly not. Um, But I really feel like these um, items, especially if you're planning on returning, and let me tell you, if you're listening to this podcast and you have the opportunity to go once, um, chances are you're going to have make that opportunity um, for a second time, um, if not third. 
And the cool thing is a lot of what you're purchasing um, is not only usable for Japan, but other locations as well. So if you're like, Mike, um, I'm going to go to Japan because that's what I'm looking to do for this one. But then I'm going to, uh, you know, Italy next. I'm going to England next. I'm going to whatever. These items work great no matter where you are. So I truly feel lucky that we have each other on this journey, and I look forward to continue to support each other's dreams and goals. And remember, the link that I have for different things I recommend for the trip are, is included in the show notes, as well as um, the Google Maps uh, link for our talk um, on Fukuoka a little bit later. Congrats now on making it through finding your correct gate for your trip. Let's take a few minutes to discuss important knowledge about Japan, current events, and our interesting happenings in Japan while we wait for our boarding to begin. When I was researching uh, Fukuoka, uh, one thing that I feel I left out of Hiroshima, and I want to make sure to include in our other locations as they come out um, over time, are the Japanese onsen. And let me tell you, um, it's gonna be something uh, that I definitely will include and it's something that I enjoy myself. Like ask almost anybody living in Japan or someone who's traveled to Japan who's enjoyed an onsen, that they're, it's one of their favorite things about Japan. And they'll probably say that amazingly kind people that they interacted with, you know, while in Japan was one of those things. Um, the variety of food and the fact that it's not just fish that you can come across. Um, really, that onsen visit is going to be the highlight of them. And if you make friends along your way or ask any Japanese person one of their favorite things about Japan to do when they relax, let me tell you, that onsen is going to come up in those list of things that they enjoy the most about living in Japan. So that being said, um, I'm going to use this section today to talk about onsen and I'll talk about like uh, etiquette and things for visiting them um, so that when you get to our Fukuoka portion of talk um, and I talk about those onsen, um, it's something that you understand yourself. Um, next episode, episode uh, 12, um, I'm gonna. We're gonna finish up Fukuoka um, and um, also talk about uh, Buddhist temples and some things like that. So for today, though, like I said, it's gonna be um, onsen etiquette and some information about them. And so let's start. An onsen is a natural hot spring bath that results from volcanic activity, and that's due to Japan's widespread volcanoes and its great location. So. According to an Onsen Research Association of Japan, there are more than 3,000 Onsen in Japan in January 2020. I think that number of 3,000 <laughs> says all you need to know about how popular they are in Japan. So Onsen water is heated below the ground and either rises up itself or is pumped up and must have a temperature of at least 25 degrees Celsius or 77 degrees Fahrenheit when it reaches the ground. You'll find the water is definitely warmer though than when you, like when you sit at those ones that I come into myself. Um, unless of course you come across some of those that are purposely cold um, for different therapeutic uh, effects. And to be an official onsen, 
That water must contain at least one of the 19 designated chemical elements um, that are naturally occurred in hot spring water and must, like I said, be that specific temperature when it comes out of the ground. Now your onsen might be indoors and it could also be outdoors. So getting to be in nature and sharing an amazing view with, with a Rotenboro, an outdoor onsen, is one of the most unforgettable experiences I think that you can have. If you come across um, one of these, you know, outside baths that you could partake in and enjoy nature, I highly recommend it. If you come across a sento on your visit, on the other hand, that's not the same as an onsen. Instead, these are actually everyday bathhouses that you could take advantage of if you're staying somewhere without great bathing facilities. A word of warning, though, is that they're not routinely visited by foreigners, so you may need some Japanese level to, um, or find one that has some English-speaking staff, um, even if it's just minimal uh, English. Both onsen and sento, though, have the same rules. So onsen and sento entrances are marked by half-length curtains. Red routinely means women. Blue routinely means men. But, a word of warning, I'd really, truly, even if you know no other Japanese for your trip, you really need to familiarize yourself with the kanji for man and woman, because those red and blue curtains don't always happen. Um, and I've heard talks of where those colors are flipped, so it's not that much, just know um, women for kanji and men for kanji. And it's something that will also help you out more than just the onsen. Um, it'll help you uh, out uh, for when you're going to use uh, restroom facilities as well. And believe me, you don't wanna be walking blindly into the wrong area and have you know that sort of memory made uh, for your trip. And just a word of advice too, uh, for someone who's gone to onsen a few times, um, even if you go to an onsen, let's say you go to it like three days in a row. Every single day, you need to make sure to pay attention to that curtain um, and the kanji that is there because at times they will flip sides um, for the onsen. So like, let's say the left was men's, well, tomorrow it might be women. Uh, so it's just something don't get so like looking forward to your own and so focused on that that you just kind of blow through those curtains and walk through. So um, some of you, you know, even before I got to this point, may be thinking, you know what? The onsen may not be for me. Um, but because like it does involve communal bathing and um, that means of course that you are going to be uh, nude and I'm sure some of you are thinking, you know, like, no, not me. Like, that means no bathing suit, no anything. But hold on and just relax. Come along with me. I was right where you were, if not even more uh, filled with anxiety about what was going to be happening. So let me tell you, this is a part of Japanese culture. For them, no one, even bats an eye, especially in the women's section, I, you know, I have heard, <laughs> for all that I've been to, you're given washcloths and small towels to help cover the parts of you that you may want to as you get into the water. Once you're in the water, it's amazing like how quickly you can relax, especially when you realize that everyone around you is doing just that, 
They're there to relax and could care less about you or others being nude. Mike, why would I put myself through this, you may be asking? Well, there's a few reasons I'll share with you. But just know I was beyond, like I said, beyond worried. Now I couldn't even, like, bat an eye. I don't even bat an eye anymore about going to them. One benefit is that onsen water has been believed to be good for you. The water is, like, has many different healing properties, along with the minerals just being good for your skin in general. The baths themselves can be works of art and made from beautiful wood, beautiful stone, and many are also attached to old inns that can really add to your experience as well. Like, being able to stay somewhere, have that be your lodging, and have this experience, come on. Like, what else do you... Could you ask for? If you're outside for this, imagine this. You're seeing wonderful views or snowfall or just listening to the sound of nature. I can promise you, once you visit one, you'll want to visit more. For those of you that still are on the edge about this, some springs you can find are even a milky color. So once you're in the water, you're truly covered. Now, Let's say um, you're like, Mike, I'm not, you know, I'm still not completely sold. You can also have your first experience be a private onsen because some Ryokan inns um, will give you that experience, but it'll be something for you and whoever else is staying with you or just you as well. Um, I truly, truly, truly tell you like the people that you're going to see in the onsen Um, you're never going to see again um, unless you make friends. And, you know, hey, that happens too. Um, You know, but really, like, honestly, a lot of what you're going to be doing in Japan, we're not going to run across these people again. And it truly, like, once you wrap your hand around, like, the fact that even for normal housing, day-to-day life, the family will bathe outside the shower, or like they bathe outside in their shower, like, and then get into this communal, communal tub that's used by the entire family. And it's clean water. You've already been cleaned. It's heated. It's a huge tub. It's relaxing. Let me tell you, after experiencing this, I was like, man, I want this back home, like 100 times over. I clean myself, and then I get to relax at, as 6'2". I haven't relaxed in a tub except when I go to Japan. So just simply amazing. So you're going to go. I know it. Um, it, We're going to get there. Uh, If you have questions about them or further concerns, reach out to me. But let's go forward with the fact that you're going to go at least to one. And I believe, believe me, if you've done one, you'll do one again. So here are the rules for visiting an onsen. Number one, no bathing suits. Um, You will be nude for this. Next, and super important, you must shower before you actually enter the onsen. The onsen bath area isn't for cleaning. Instead, it's just for relaxing. The minerals, everything that's there, the temperature, this is your, like, you know, Calgon take me away moment, okay? Often, there are small stools that you're going to sit on to use by the shower area. And in that shower area, you're going to sit down on these stools. You're going to rinse yourself, soap and clean yourself, rinse again, and truly make sure that you are getting all the soap off your body before you get into the onsen. 
The purpose of you cleaning yourself and getting soap off of you is to keep that water as clean as possible. This is even the same in Japanese homes, like I told you, where, you know, you relax after you clean yourself. And to this end, there are rows of showers around the outside of the bath. Um, So most likely, soap and shampoo and conditioner are usually provided, but... It's not a bad idea to bring like that small travel shampoo and conditioner with you along with your own towel just in case, okay? Um, while you shower, make sure to sit on the stool and you may, like Mike, I shower, you know, sitting up or I shower, you know, doing uh, standing, whatever it is, it's here. It's going to feel odd to sit, Well, here's the deal. The reason you sit is that you'll be by others potentially or other people that are there. And it's considered bad manners to splash anyone around you while you clean yourself. So sitting minimizes that chance. And, you know, after I did it again, it's one of those things I'm like, I've been doing this wrong my whole life. Also, um, if you get, once you get to the onsen and you get in, like I said, when you're going from the bath like, you know, shower area to the onsen bath itself. You can bring that washcloth that you use to clean yourself. Um, and what a lot of people do is they'll kind of like rest that on their head or just outside of the water. That cloth can then be used to kind of cover, uh, you know, parts or whatever that you'd like of you as you make your way to that, you know, the area. If you happen to get out of the onsen to go use a sauna or a steam room, if the facility you're visiting has that, make sure to quickly just rinse again in that shower area before you go back into the onsen bath just to help clean yourself of sweat or other things that you have you know, picked up along the way. Okay? Um, let me tell you, like once you bathe this way for a few weeks, it's hard to go back to the tubs that you don't fit in or like missing out on that relaxation time that just becomes a like integral part of your day now uh number three like towels at any own single provided with like small and large towels um some are available for rent um but it may not be the case at like the local cento bathhouses so just pack your own it doesn't take like much to do so the large towel that's given to you is for drying yourself and we should left uh, like should be left in the changing room Okay, along with your clothes. The small uh, towel instead is, like I said, to clean yourself, um, cover yourself, um, and, you know, like make sure that that cloth that you're using, though, does not come into the water with you. A lot of people, like I said, will rest it on their heads or off to the side, but it's definitely not uh, meant to come into the um, the onsen water as you use that cloth to clean yourself. If you have long hair, um, I'd recommend you bring some hair ties as well um, so that like you can make sure that like your hair is not coming in contact with the water. If it's private, uh, not such a big deal, um, but just one of those things like uh, to think about, um, you know, the potential for hair getting into the onsen or someone else coming in contact with like, you know, loose hair or whatever it is that's here. It's meant to be relaxing. So it's just trying to be considerate of everyone around you. And that's one of the things I love about Japan as a whole. It doesn't matter if you're on a bus. It doesn't matter if you're on a train, a plane, a mall. You're always trying to be respectful for those around you. So just bring some hair ties and tie it up so that your hair doesn't come in contact with the water. Number five, tattoos in Japan. Unfortunately, tattoos are still taboo in Japan when it comes to public bathing. 
unfortunately, this means like most onsen and public baths um, ban uh, tattoos completely. Even if your tattoo of Tweety or you know like whatever like you know SpongeBob that you have is definitely uh, not marking you as part of like a Japanese mafia yakuza group. Um, it doesn't really make sense, um, but you're visiting another country, and it's just something like you know they have rules and things that. You know, we need to be respectful and follow, even if we don't agree, you know, normally. If you have a small tattoo, it is possible to cover it up with, um, you know, like a small uh, bandage, something like that. But, you know, you might be aware, um, you may be asked still not to enter because it's like, you, depending on where the location is, if it's something like on your top, like your shoulder or your, you know, a side of your arm that's not going to come in contact with the water anyways, you're probably fine. Um, but then again, um, just think about it. You're covering it, but is it covering a wound? Is it, what do you know, what is it covering? So just be prepared. Um, you may be fine or you may be asked to leave. Okay. Um, does this mean if you have a tattoo, you can't enjoy it though? Like, you know, these public ones? No. Um, if you have larger tattoos or numerous tattoos, um, onsen are still on the board. Okay. Um, you just are going to be able to enjoy a more private experience uh, by, like I said, a ryokan with private one that'll be in your room um, or ones that have private ones that you can rent out um, at hotels later. Um, you can also try to just enter um, onsen late at night if you're concerned about it like you're going to have that covering and stuff where most of the people have already headed back to their rooms um and you're less likely to come in contact with with people and that could go for those of you that are kind of nervous about it to begin with go late and you're gonna have less people to have to worry about being around okay bathhouses uh like you know according for like noise and things like that are social places um and they do talk to those that are with them while they relax or others, but it's really kept at a very respectful level. Um, we're not getting super loud or boisterous to bother others that are around with our conversations. Um, and, you know, like I said, you can talk. It's not like the train, <laughs> you know, uh, and we'll talk about those sometime. But um, like it's not to where you just can't talk. I said it's just, you know, talking at like a quieter level. Remember, everyone's there to relax. Um if you have the opportunity, some onsen and sento uh, will have a sign uh, that says um, that you like they do allow alcohol or sell something. If that's something you're looking to partake in, like it could be tea, could be a different drink, um, could be something chilled, and that's something that you want to partake in. Hey, add to your experience. If you have your own stories from visiting an onsen or have any further questions, don't hesitate to reach out to your tour director. Now it's time to board our plane, stow our overhead luggage, and make our way to our seats. As we sit and wait for the drink cart, I feel like it's a perfect time to discuss with you today's travel ideas and tourist spots for Fukuoka Part 1. Remember, the Google Map link for today's show topic, including notes, um, are in our show description with our podcast. Fukuoka, Japan, part one. So one of the things that I want to bring up that first pulled up for me when I was looking at Fukuoka and things to do, because this is a location that I've wanted to go to ever since I watched Lost in Translation, 
it's mentioned, you know, between, um, you know, interactions and things. One of the cities there, like, oh, I love Fukuoka, you know. And um, so many people's podcasts, YouTube shows, other things, like, I've lost track of how many people say Fukuoka is an amazing place to go to. With me returning to Hiroshima for sure and seeing how close it was, it made sense to make this a day trip. And um, if I love it as much as I think I will add for my next trip, I'm probably going to end up be going by myself and um, if not with my buddy Josh. But I really want to spend the bulk of my time um, in Hiroshima and Fukuoka, my next visit um, after my visit with my son. It's going to be a shorter trip. Um, I'm not going to have the funds to you know, drag something out. I'm not going to be looking to take advantage of train passes and things. I'm going to try to make my way there, enjoy friends and company in some new areas, but try to make it as inexpensive as possible. And that's the fun thing about going to Japan multiple times. You can make that trip what you want it to be. So my first location that kind of popped out to me is, and again, I apologize for any of my uh, mispronunciations, but Uminimon Kamachi Seaside Park is in our link for our Google Notes that you can uh, follow on Google uh, Maps location. Super convenient to get to uh, from the JR station, Imuni Kamichi Station. Large national park. It's filled with flowers during summers and springs. Has some magnificent scenery. The entrance fee looks to be 450 yen, which is reasonable price for what you're going to get. You can also rent bikes for around 500 yen for three hours or 700 for the day. And again, what I like to do is just remove, you know, two of those numbers, you know, or zeros. Move your decimal point two to the left. So you're around talking around five yen or five dollars, four dollars and fifty cents, ten bucks for a day. It's a huge deal, it looks to be. Um, you can also rent uh, wheelchairs, uh, strollers, electric carts. Um, some of those um, could be available free of charge. Make sure to check, though, um, bus schedules uh, to make sure they're running that day. Uh, because if you're looking like, hey, I look at this and it looks like they run a bus, I don't need to rent a bike, um, and you're looking to make a full day of it, um, just make sure you you know what the schedule is and you're not missing out and then having to walk because this is a huge area that includes a lot of different things. So not only does it have flower gardens and playgrounds and sport fields, a water park, a zoo, and just large open spaces perfect for a picnic, there are several places that you can even go for amazing views. When I was looking at the map, looks like bathrooms are plentiful, um, even has like a rest area uh, for some snacks. And best time um, I saw like from people that are, you know, giving their reviews is spring and summer, although it is open year round. So for the train station um, that brought about is the, it's unmanned, uh, the one that you could use to get to this location. It's super convenient for the seaside park. Just again, make sure to check the schedule carefully so it doesn't ruin your amazing day. It doesn't run a bunch. So just something to be aware of, like when do I need to leave by? When do I need to make it back to the station by? And know that when you're there, um, like I said, it's super small, um, but it is not with uh, staff that you can ask questions of. Does that mean that you can't you know, try to ask those that are around you? Uh, not at all. Um, but again, the further you get out of Tokyo and Osaka, 
um, less reliant you can be upon, um, you know, translation services or finding someone that you have, on, you know, for English too. Um, it may not be that they don't know it. It's just it's a lot of responsibility. and They don't want you to look poorly upon J- Japan or themselves if they were to get that wrong. Okay. Um, and so here we go. Um, so th- the main reason I'm looking to go to Fukuoka besides Lost in Translation is I would like to see the SoftBank Hawks play. They, they have a stadium, Fukuoka Pepe uh, Stadium. It was built in 93, and it's home to the SoftBank Hawks professional baseball team. But it also has concerts. Uh, I saw many different ones that were there, including Blackpink, the Korean pop group. It's a 15-minute walk from the Tojimachi subway station. So if you leave that station and exit out of exit 3, the subway trains between Tojimachi and Tenji stations operate every 3 to 8 minutes. So pretty frequent. And that you can even do a bus from Hakata Station. Um, but from what I read from people that did this, um, they were packed full of people. So you may want to, you know, lean more towards um, subways and things like that. Not that those won't be busy either. But, uh, you know, more likely to get in or out, especially if I'm making a day of myself uh, of doing this is what I'm doing. I love to get there early and just go around. And there's tons around this stadium. There's even a mall, which we'll get to here in a bit, too. So one of the cool things about visiting a baseball stadium, you're like, you know, Mike, I'm not into baseball. Let me tell you, this is entertainment. This is something you should not pass go. You don't have to stay the whole game. But I'm telling you, make baseball at one of the stadiums a part of your trip. Go for the food. Go for the experience. Go to see fan chants. Go to see people totally engaged in what they're doing. And it's one of those things you may not like what you're seeing, but watching people that are super passionate geek out and be totally into what they're doing is just its own thing. And I can appreciate that even if I don't appreciate necessarily what, you know, the, the actual event is. But really make it your time uh, part of this. So in between the seventh inning, uh, top and bottom, they have uh, their seventh inning stretch, much like our Chicago Cubs, except for they have huge balloons that they let off altogether, and there's an indication of when. Um, that it's like one big, you know, huge, gigantic thing to film. It's totally awesome. Um, there's also a website uh, for uh, the SoftBank Hawks. If you Google it, it's in English, it's in Japanese, it's in a variety of languages, which is great if you're looking to purchase tickets or make this part of your trip. So you can also enjoy, um, if you so choose, a frosty adult beverage from your seat where vendors that come and go have mini kegs on their back and you don't even have to get up from where you're, where you're at. There are Western-style toilets and a variety of food at this stadium. And there are even a tour that you can do, but it's in Japanese only, uh, for 1,600 yen, about $16. The stadium is also attached to Mark Is Fukuoka Momichi Shopping Mall that has a huge food court as well. So... Please, you know, like you can see fireworks inside this dome. The dome is retractable. You're on the ocean looking out with amazing views around you. Whew, like, I, I, I'm so excited. Let me tell you. 
And the Marcus Fukuoka Momichi Shopping Mall, it's a very large. Um, upscale shopping, you know me and malls. If I get a chance to see families being families, especially in less traveled cities, I'm not going to pass this up. And who knows? You can get some of your uh, shopping for gifts and trinkets and things for people back home done at this shopping mall. And it's just so much fun. Go to these places that are out further and then do things that you would normally do yourself back home. And you are going to have just a wonderful day. Um, natural. There are also some natural hot springs. The Tinjin Yunohana Onsen. It is, uh, you don't have to stay uh, for things that's here in order to go. It's five hours of parking for free if you're using the onsen. No tattoos. Um, it says like on the site. So I'm thinking that is one. If you have those, probably just skip. Uh, but it seems to be uh, one of the more highly rated and just number of visits to it. Um, again, just kind of if you skip to get to this point and you did not go through my onsen section, please just make sure um, to, you know, do a little bit of research before you go, as most of the signs are just going to be in Japanese. Um, you can also go to the Fuji no Inn Hotel with Onsen. The hotel faces the Naka River. The Hot Spring Hotel is two kilometers from the Oshi railway station and six kilometers from the canal city hakata shopping center and entertainment complex the restaurant offers a huge view of the city and apparently like there's indoor and outdoor um, onsens there's natural spring waters there's saunas there's a golf range there's karaoke um, you can even do breakfast um, if you're staying or just looking to go uh, with a fee um, the reviews consistently say this hotel has one of the best onsen in the Fukuoka city area, and it may be small, uh, both hotel and facilities, but it, it is a just seems to be a wonderful experience. And you can, like I said, go to this onsen without staying at the hotel, um, and it looks to be like it's around 500 yen for a dollar, 700 yen for two dollars. That's seven dollars, five dollars. So, um, soap and shampoo are provided. Um, and one of the things I saw like through reviews again is that the outside onsen is um, kind of like a lukewarm. Um, so it's something that you could relax in for a long time, but not something I'm sure how it would work. Like, you know, if you're visiting more like in a colder time or winter time, don't know if they raised the temperature there. Couldn't see anything in that regard. Just to be aware, but you can be outside, can be inside. Um, another um, onsen for today is the Agora Fukuoka Hilltop Hotel and Onsen. If you're looking for more of like an upscale hotel and onsen, the Agora Hotel is located on a hilltop in a residential area of Fukuoka. It's a short one-minute walk from the Fukuoka City Zoo, five kilometers from the Fukuoka um, Dome Baseball Stadium. The hotel offers free Wi-Fi, and some of the rooms have laminate uh, tatami, not laminate, tatami floors, futons. There's also dining tables, terraces, parking is complimentary, I believe, to guests, um, and hourly if you're not staying at the hotel. The activities include an elegant restaurant, a rooftop bar that has some amazing city views, and a spa that features a variety of services, including a bathhouse, a library, a boutique, and a fitness room. 
According to reviews, the hotel is a bit isolated, which means you'd need to take advantage of the restaurant and breakfast, um, like the restaurants that are there uh, and breakfast. But one thing that I saw that caught a lot of people off guard was that breakfast ends at 930. And that does not mean go down at 925 expecting for them to fit you in. Like you need to, like if you're planning on partaking in that, like be down there before. I would recommend like 45 minutes before, you know, just to get at the latest. Um, so pr- it's probably not a bad idea to bring your own snacks as well. Or um, if you're looking to, you could just utilize buses that are nearby to venture out and about and explore on your own um, and just enjoy the area that's around there. Rooms um, like seem to be, um, like some like mixed things. There was a couple of them that said that there needed to be some updating, um, but mostly it was just that they're very spacious, very comfortable, very nice, especially some double rooms are spacious for Japan, um, which, you know, has different spacious that you may be used to. Uh, but once you visit, you'll, you'll quickly realize, uh, you know, how small of a space can seem large. Um, but again, it seems that these views um, are just amazing the um, restaurants have these like windows that are from like floor to ceiling um just gonna be so so cool um next episode like i said um we're gonna be talking about uh some more of some foods uh more uh buddhist temples things like that just to add we're gonna be talking about some other touristy things as well uh talk about buddhist temples um all of that will be part of episode 12 So for our housekeeping, please give a follow, a comment on your favorite streaming service. For updates on the show, feel free to give a follow on Instagram at Lost Without Japan or visit lostwithoutjapan.lipson.com. If you'd like to reach out directly to the show, feel free to use that old-fashioned email and send me one at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. I'd like to say a big thank you again for our sponsor, the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. This super brief advertisement will be coming at the end of today's show. If you could give a listen to them and let them know that I sent you, it would be much, much appreciated. As you step out to in everything that you're going for today, I hope you have one magnificent, wonderful day and just Thank you again for your time. So it looks like we're ready to land now. So on behalf of our Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip. And we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for episode 12. To everyone out there, Oginki Day, please stay well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Turner, with my co-host, Paul Grella, Brian Limper. And when you need a break from planning your upcoming trip or maybe even your first trip to Japan, be sure to come check us out on the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast, your number one source for all things K-Pop related.